Hello and welcome back to the latest Think Business podcast powered by Bank of Ireland. Today we talk to FreeNow's country manager Niall Carson about how the company has resiliently weathered the pandemic storm in Ireland by innovating and supporting its drivers across the country, investing in sustainability, electrification and new multimodal transport options including scooters and how its company plans to grow the business into the future. So I'm joined today by Niall Carson, General Manager of FreeNow. Uh, I know FreeNow uh, originally as Halo and uh, what was the next one, Niall? Moved to My Taxi then. My Taxi, yeah. So I, I would have been, when, when these things first hit, I was extremely thrilled when you could just press a button and then you say someone's taxi is coming to get you. You see a little picture of the car and the, the reg plate and you see him on the map. And, you know, most of the time when, when there wasn't traffic jams, it, it was perfect. Car would come when it said it would and drop you off. And it was it was really liberating. And, and I, 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 I spent a lot of time in Dublin, those ranks. You remember like in a night out on a Friday night and there would be, be like 50 or 100 or 200 people queuing to get a taxi. And then suddenly it all changed and, and all thanks to the smartphone. But the world of transport, as we know, it is changing. You know, we are aware of electric cars, talk of self-driving cars. Uh, there's fierce interest in, you know, these new electric scooters and who's going to run these different services and legislation for them. Multimodal is the term that, that seems to be used. And personally, it, a lot of things have changed because of the pandemic. And if I could see my perfect day in Dublin uh, in the future, I'd just leave my car somewhere and I could suddenly go into town and if I want to take a scooter from one place to another or I want to take a taxi or whatever, I find that idea very liberating and kind of fun. So talk, talk to me about this smart future that you see in terms of... And, and tell me about how, how digitised the taxi business has become in Ireland. I, I suppose, thanks for having me on. A few things. Um, just, you've teed it up very nicely there. You know, free now, the move from my taxi was about being more than, than just taxis. Taxis is a business that we've done extremely well and we're entering our 10th year in the market and it certainly was something that we've invested a lot in we're working with some terrific drivers across the country and um, but free now is about liberating movement you mentioned liberation there and it's very much about offering people all these alternatives in one place and uh, that's not to move away from taxis but to be bring your whole multimodal uh, making those choices in one app that's the that's the view or that's the vision that we have and why free now came about, and you know we couldn't call ourselves my taxi when we're going to be doing so much more than mm. than just taxis. And um, I suppose you know my background is has been in uh, in transport. I worked in car sharing before, and uh, and before that, uh, rented car rental. And what I've always seen is this access over ownership piece that people don't need to own something. Like it's the journey isn't about the journey, it's about the destination. So getting from A to B, like you mentioned, it's not always about this one set thing. However, like yourself being a car owner, I always feel like, oh, well, I have to use the car I own. But if, you know, if we can get ourselves away from that mindset, the, uh, the options are endless, really, because you know, we're now looking at a city that's offered has offered Dublin bikes really successfully, mm. but now we have other bike share schemes. We know that there's uh, there's e-bike options out there as well, which is a terrific way to travel. Uh, the taxi network is so much more accessible because you know through apps like Free Now you can gain access. You've got full visibility of your wait times, of your access, and you've got the security of going to an area and knowing that you're going to have coverage in that area as well, or simply jumping on the train down to Cork, Limerick, Galway. And knowing that you can use the same taxi service there, the same security, same payment processing options. And even the pandemic has seen us move 
to a much greater percentage of people paying through the, the wallet on the app uh, rather than having to carry cash. Because the pandemic changed so many things. Like it changed, uh, for example, most people are more more people than ever are using contactless payments. Uh, they were used they've, they've used the internet for online commerce because that's how they got stuff that they obviously because of limitations they couldn't get to the stores they could have the stores were all closed it, you know it changed a lot of things and it's made us eventing far more digital when you think about the effect that had on on the industry that you're in uh, first of all like i'll be thinking of right you know all the people used to be getting taxis from nightclubs or people getting taxis during a busy working day and suddenly you have whole entire cities and towns locked down how did that change how did the the industry get through that time and that period and in terms of how i suppose the, the fact that most people were using smartphones and they're more digital did was 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 it a smooth transition or was it did was it a, a good thing for free now was it a challenging time for free now no well like i, I think free now as a company are closely li- aligned with hospitality and retail and when they shut their doors we would as well and you know, the airport business, for instance, is still one that's, you know, slow to recover, although we have seen huge leaps in recent mm. days. Um, or, but at the same time, it, it's only on its way back. From our from our side, um, the impact back last March and into April was, you know, I, I wouldn't say horrific because we've got through it. Uh, but certainly for the drivers within the industry um, and ourselves, it, it was a big shock. Where we were in 2019, we would have dropped to 20% um, of the business that we would have been doing in 2019. So that would have been an 80% hit to the business. And um, and that was just something we had to had to deal with. Uh, we had to pivot and look to, for that, that remaining business that was there, we were working with the health service, uh, the Department of Health, the HSC. We were working with a lot of frontline workers um, in other areas, you know, getting in and out of supermarkets, you know, public transport was scaled back completely. So that work commute piece um, came up and de- uh, came up as well. Yeah. And people looking to use public transport to visit friends and family and, um, you know, as they like to, to offer support, we're able to use the service. You know, we had to obviously... Um, put in place taxis with screens. So we had a screen fleet and ramped up over 4,000 screens almost overnight. Um, and having that was great, great access, but also lobbied on behalf of drivers to make sure that wearing of face coverings was mandatory in taxis because that was something the government, you know, in, in all the madness had, had managed to overlook. Mm-hmm. So we managed to get that in place. But certainly um, we then went and offered vaccination supports and all the time, working to um, using that time to communicate with our drivers. We um, worked with an accounting firm to just educate the drivers on what supports were available to them because we're working with 14,000 self-employed drivers. Okay, they're, you know, they're working for themselves. They're not working as part of a big fleet. They have to do make their own independent business choices, file their own tax returns. And we wanted to offer as much support to them. But, you know, it did turn the industry on its head. And we've had, um, as, as we come out of every lockdown and, and went back into it, the industry would ebb and flow on, on that. And future now, I mean, I mean, it's interesting when you look at urban areas, like I mean, certainly in the country, people still have a dependence on the car because, you know, we don't have that integrated transport system we'd love to have yet. Uh, but in a city like, let's say, Dublin, you have many, many options. You've got to Dart, you've got to Lewis, you've got uh, buses, you've got taxis, bikes, you know. And if anything, that's the best uh, 
petri dish or litmus test for for seeing how we'll all live in the future and i've all kind of crazy notions about maybe even car ownership at the moment like you know it's a big business to buy a car there's 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 a lot of um business models around it dealerships etc but some part of me wonders will suit will future car ownership be like owning having a mobile phone subscription or you know you just simply summon the car to you now, I certainly don't want to cause uh, concern among the drivers, but some there's a lot of talk about robots, self-driving cars and all that kind of thing. Well, let's not cause a ruckus today. But certainly the the future of, of transport, you know, everything seems to centre on the smartphone and being able to build things. So, you know, I might get on a bike, I get on a done bike, pay with my smartphone, cycle somewhere, and then I might use an electric scooter. We seem to be coming untethered from this sense of ownership of a car. Yeah, I, I totally agree. I think... Um urban areas are going to lend themselves more to that. And, you know, when we think about it, um, you know, the cost of living in urban areas and the cost of property and the, that population density comes with a cost. So if you can shed some of the costs associated with living in the city, like your parking costs, like, you know, that car ownership piece and reinvest that in the range of transport options, you know, you know, all the way from, of course, what we would be um, pushing for, obviously, is the taxi usage, but as we move into scooters and e-bikes, mm. similarly, car sharing, has been um, you know around uh, since back in 2012 when um, I, I actually worked in go kart back then and uh, they they're offering a terrific service across the country now uh, and other operators like Yuko in the market so it's you know there are strong alternatives there already to car ownership but as you've mentioned the urban areas are more suited to that mm. we have um, seen during the pandemic people have you know openly discussed. The fact that without the commute to work, they've managed to um, get rid of their a car, a car or their car, whichever it might be, um, and being able to move to um, other modes of transport has saved them a lot of money, but offers great flexibility as well. You know, one of the things we saw coming out of the pandemic were that people would obviously take taxis to a friend's house where they'd be, you know, outdoor dining or meeting up in gardens, uh, be able to have a few drinks and then book the taxi to come pick them up. And the visibility that they were able to see on the app um, offered huge um, huge security for them. And from the driver's point of view, the, like drivers aren't driving around housing estates where, where traditionally they might have been sitting on a rank in these yeah. dense areas where people are coming in and out of restaurants and pubs, but they knew they'd been able to switch on the app. And actually our driver base grew during the pandemic as drivers had moved away from those traditional models and were really more open to adopting um well, what essentially might be new technology, but, you know, this technology has been around, but you've got these people who would have held off or resisted for quite a while. And now the drivers are like, actually, I can see it makes sense. And- I, I would actually, I would say au contraire on that one, because like the taxi drivers, I, I remember being in Dublin in a previous uh, role in tech journalism, I used to say to people, you watch the taxi drivers, they've got the better phones than most people. They they seem to be downing all the apps. I mean, and often you'd get into a taxi now, or then, and you'd have, a, you know, they, they'd be using the different various systems, testing them all out. But yeah, they generally always had the better phones than most people I knew. And they always they were tell, able to tell me all about the trends. And I'd be sitting there in the front seat, listening to them talking about the, new, the merits of Android over iOS and vice versa. And, you know, that's the, I mean, they, they, they have to be with it because they have to be on top of their game. And like, I mean, I alluded to it there, like the talk of the self-driving cars and stuff like that. I mean, when you talk about the, the future of taxi drivers, I mean, as you say, they're they're self-employed. They have to invest in their vehicles. They have to invest in in the service. They they're fully accountable. They, especially when you sign up for these apps, then then you know you're on a map. You're 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 
details are there, you're digital. What does the future hold for taxi drivers, do you think? Do you think, like, uh, is it a case that we're, you know, one day we'll come and it'll all be robots? Or do you think that, you know, the, the future for, for drivers is, is, is good? I think, uh, from my opinion anyway, I think, you know, the future of self-driving cars is it's a really interesting one. But I, you know, I don't see see any sort of overnight uh, shift if we look at the, you know, the adoption curve on new technologies. Like what we're talking about there is there's so many safety concerns and it's more suited for, you know, we look at the long haul um, trucks and things like that that are actually, you know, you know, on a motorway going in a straight line and that can be managed. But, you know, we're Dublin's a medieval city and, uh, and as are so many other yeah. cities around Ireland, you know, trying to teach a car to drive around that is... Uh, yeah, it's not impossible to imagine at this stage, but also, you know, and this might be a silly example, but, you know, we know that autopilot's been in place on planes for a number of years, but um, we, st we, still have, uh, we still have pilots there. And I think the service offering that drivers provide is, mm. uh, is incredible. And we, you know, we monitor closely the feedback that we get. And so much of the journey wasn't about the car traveling down the road. It's about the driver that was with, that was there, the mm -hmm. uh, the engagement that they got, the, the support that they offered. And particularly during COVID, we had some wonderful reports of um, mm -hmm. drivers helping elderly people um, on their way to family weddings, you know, these small, you know, uh, 12 people weddings where the, the elderly parent would be able to be able to pick up and you'd have perhaps um, younger, younger um, family sending the taxi out. They'd be able to monitor the journey, share that journey with their um with their siblings knowing that mum or dad are on their way to the wedding, like some incredibly touching pieces. And they, you've got people singing the praises of the drivers who have gone above and beyond. Um, but you wouldn't get into the taxi industry if you just like driving a car. You have to want to work with people. Mm. And the drivers that I know are really strong family uh, men and women who want to provide a great service and get a buzz from their work and love meeting people. And, uh, you know, you'll always get these random stories of, of a driver who is terrible. But I can tell you, our stats would tell us that, you know, we've got five star ratings in the 99.99% of all journeys that are taken because uh, passengers are very happy with that experience. Well, I asked the very same question of a CEO of Halo about 10 years ago. And he said, well, you know, a, a robot car isn't going to carry your, your, your shopping into the front door. You know, and it's it's that it's that dynamic is that they, they, you know, it's, it's still a very people thing. And, you know, I, I was often often made a joke as well, like if people like a, a 16th century cart driver would have probably quite easily still find their way around Dublin today because of the way the streets haven't changed really but that, that's the thing but a more prevalent or pressing tech trend is the I suppose the electrification of cars and that's happening um my you know I'm seeing neighbors around me buying Teslas and you know they're seeing all these new machinery on the side of the houses now for 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 powering up their cars and uh, I know people have bought hybrids and all kinds of things so it, it's it's almost a discussion in itself the, the different kinds of vehicles but that's a that's a more accelerated trend than robotic driver or self-driving and I, I was thinking of like okay if I'm a very eco-conscious person and I say I want to watch my, my carbon footprint my personal carbon footprint this lends itself lovely it'd be lovely if you had an app that just kind of watches how you get around every day on boat on buses or you know taxis or bikes or whatever you're using and just seeing how well you've managed your own personal carbon footprint but that seems to be that plays well into that narrative about um you know reducing carbon footprint or you know reducing emissions how 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 do you see the electrification of car fleets in ireland and you know the, particularly the drivers that you're keeping an eye on because i've had many a stirring conversation with a driver who's saying well i'm thinking about investing in one of those teslas myself because they see 
they're seeing the return on investment because they're not spending it all on diesel or petrol. No, like I would be, I'd be fully behind uh, the electrification of the taxi fleet. I think it's completely different to the self-driving car piece. You know, it's something that is here and now and offers great opportunity for drivers to um, obviously drive in a carbon neutral way, but to save a huge amount of money to remove an awful lot of costs in servicing and maintenance and um, and give themselves great comfort with the, the top end technology as well. You mentioned Tesla's, you know, the level of support that they give to your driving and the safety aspect is huge. But um, nobody's doing more at the moment in Ireland than we are to electrify the electric uh, fleet. Just today, on the day that we're doing this interview, there we have a webinar this afternoon. It's the second webinar in a series of EV webinars we're running for drivers. And um, previously was talking, the discussion was around financing um, financing new um, electric vehicles uh, to, to become taxis. But today it's around the electric uh, vehicle range and we've got an expert in talking to uh, drivers. And last time we'd over 180 drivers log in, but I think it's growing now as the word got out and we published the recording. And it's very much about supporting the drivers to uh, get on this electric journey. And um, we also, we published uh, earlier in the year and announced uh, 6 million in supports that we're offering to drivers for home charging. And um, so we're doing a grant matching system to help them get the home charging units because that's something that you know they're going to need um, if they are going to run it because they're not going to drive to work and then plug the car in for an hour and a half while they're you know before they get going and um, so having that charging at home is huge but you know the green like part of our mission is um, to offer sustainable, fully electrified travel by 2030 on the Freenow app. So everything by 2030 will be fully electrified. And currently, since tw- the start of 2020, we've been offsetting all journeys and we've been carbon offsetting that. But I think the carbon offset is just is a placeholder while we get that electrification piece up. I don't think that it's enough to say we're offsetting carbon. Yeah. Uh, carbon it's, but it's something that we've, we're committed to and doing, but it's very much our big goal is to get, is ramp up our electric fleet. And it's still small, but it's still the largest one in the country at the moment. We offer more electric vehicles than anybody. And we offer an eco fleet as well, and uh, where you can choose from electric and hybrid vehicles. So it's uh, we're we're on we're on the way, but it's um, we're also speaking to um, to government and speaking to local authorities about how they could support with charging stations. And I know it's something Dublin City Council are really supportive of, because the difference you can make in electrifying your public transport fleet and and all the passengers that they carry versus me personally buying an electric vehicle. The impact of a driver who will pick up, you know, um, between 12 and 16 different uh, passengers a day easily. And each one of those taking an electric journey has a much bigger, you know, much bigger payout when you look at the carbon offset versus those, you know, 12 to 16 people driving their own individual cars and all that goes with that. So it's an exciting opportunity. I think the government have got behind it. Are you aware of the grant that the government are currently offering? Yes, yeah. Um, my neighbors, my, one of my neighbours was talking to me about it yesterday as well. They're, they're just getting their house uh, set up with that. That's oh, amazing. €20,000 to a taxi driver who is trading in a vehicle with over 300,000 kilometres or over seven years of age. And I mean, it's a big statement by the government. Actually, a small investment when you look at the pay payoff that it can have. But, um, you know, it's incredible that they've got behind it. And it's we're trying to help drivers on that and give them uh, the confidence to know that making the move will work. And uh, with some great, you know, great uh, statements from other drivers who, have, who would never turn back now and have saved a fortune on it. 
That's the thing. I mean, also, how do you see yourselves time chiming in with things like the scooters that are coming to town, the the various other. Uh, I mean, I mean, I'm, I'm aware of at least five or six companies that are talking about investing in scooter networks in in in, in Dublin. I I think it'd be a great fun way to spend in any city or town in Ireland if you're if you're new to a parish and you want to just skit around from one meeting to the other I think I couldn't, couldn't imagine a better way to, to do your meetings but um, the, is that something then how do you see see yourselves providing visibility and accessibility to that kind of cluster network as well so people can see in, in one place where there's bikes where there's towers all that 100% we have um, you know we're waiting on the scooter legislation um, first of all but what, I could give you an example of what we're doing across uh, Paris or in Germany at the moment, um, where we offer in certain cities, um, the likes of Hamburg, you can access car sharing, uh, e-scooters, e-bikes, and uh, mopeds, all on one app. Um, so all on the FreeNow app. So as well as your ride hailing, um, you can then go, actually, no, today it's only a short journey. It's too, too short to take a taxi. Um, too long to walk comfortably. I'll actually take the um, I'll take the scooter, or I'm actually looking to move a load of boxes. So taxi, I'll have a driver hanging on for too long. I'll book a car sharing vehicle, or if I want to travel, that, you know, that little bit quicker through peak time traffic, jump on the moped and uh, I'll be able to navigate my way through. And that's already live in the app in Germany. So it's the same free now app, but when you land in the city, it geolocates you and presents to you your options. You know, currently in Ireland, all we have live is the public transport option. That if you want to have a look at what the public, what your public transport alternatives are, they're in the free now app as well. And people say, well, why would you do that? Why would you look to give up your business to, um, to a uh, public transport. We're like, no, we just want to offer people the, the option. And we know that if more people are looking to use public transport, more people are going to use taxis, they're going to use scooters, and we'll get much more use of the smarter travel network. And that's the thing. I mean, the when you say... Uh, in certain countries like you know France or Germany is Ireland far behind or do you think we're catching up I think when it comes to the legislation we have a we have a bit of catching up to do for sure because uh, but we've the opportunity to learn from the mistakes that our European neighbours have, have made and where I think the, go- the local government are all looking to only issue licences rather than give everyone free access to dump uh, scooters around the city there's going to be a lot more tighter legislation on it where you can park them what the speed limits are what technology you use you know a lot, all the players that we're speaking to have the highest level of um, of technology for geomapping and ensuring safety guidelines that if you were taking a scooter down Grafton Street that you'd have to limit the speed versus if you're heading down on, on street on Baggett Street that you can have a bit more pace on it you know so it's, it's, it has variations and it's incredible technology um, but we're looking to work with scooter companies on that and give them access through our app. We know that, you know, we're really strong on the ride hailing side of things and we offer, you know, we focus on offering that service. We dipped our toe in uh, the scooter business in a few in, um, in Poland and Portugal over the years to see see what it was like. And we just understood that you can't just spread yourself too thin. So that's where the partnerships are really working. So we're working with international players, but even locally in Ireland, you know, we're working, we've led our intense sign with uh, with Zip Mobility and Zeus Mobility, you're both um, Irish players and uh, and certainly it's it's an exciting uh, exciting time. 